Uh, welcome to this episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Uh, today, I'm speaking with Christina, who's going to come on and share a little bit about her Catholic upbringing and also share some you know, insightful information about uh, her passion for uh, liturgical music. Uh, so definitely thank you for coming on and blessing us with this information. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, hopefully yeah. I can answer the questions and I don't know. People can learn things or whatever it is that people want to get out of this. <laughs> oh, it's all good. Well, yeah, definitely how I found her on social media. Uh, we mutual followers. And she's always blessing us with, you know, her talented, you know, organ skills or piano skills that she shows. And she just like really finessing <laughs> the game with those skills. So I thought it was insightful and to get her, uh, you know, perspective and thoughts on, you know, how can music elevate our awareness about God and, and also get her faith journey too. Um, so let's get started. Uh, are you a cradle Catholic, revert or convert to the Catholic church? Uh, and tell us a little bit about your early, your, you know, faith experience. How was it growing up, middle life and led you to now? Yeah, um, I think cradle Catholic is the easiest label. I think revert also works, but I think cradle Catholic is what I feel most at home with. Um, I was raised Catholic. So were my older sisters. Um, my mom was raised Baptist. She converted when she married my dad. His side of the family was Catholic. Um, yeah, I mean, I went to Catholic school from pre-K all the way through high school. And then it wasn't until college that I wasn't in Catholic school. Um, I did briefly wander away from the faith towards the end of high school. Um, I mean, it's similar to now, you know, like the internet has its great parts and its horrible parts. I think I found like the weird part of the internet that convinced me that like it wasn't worth being Christian anymore, um, which was funny. I never really liked that. I always still wanted to be Christian, but I, I have that quirk, I guess you could say that's like, if I can't figure out how to come out of the of debate alive, right? If I can't figure out how to defend something logically then I'm, I'm not gonna hold this position I don't want to get made fun of so um I was briefly atheist and then I rediscovered my faith kind of getting into college so yeah well uh, it's cool definitely good to hear it sounded like you had a lot of like experiences and a lot of you know different things that impact your faith journey so that's definitely good you found your way back to uh, holy mother church um so as a black catholic woman you know you're part of the global church and, you know, in America, so many different issues that impact, um, you know, black people. And then just within the church, you know, just so many things and perspectives that we see. Um, so what are some like key things you wish people understood about, you know, the black Catholic uh, woman experience that you, you know, want, want people to know? Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> I will say, at least for me, particularly, I think it's interesting um, I mean, I went to college in Miami, Florida, and people always assumed that I was Dominican or Brazilian or something. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, however many generations back, like very much American. Um, and that, there's nothing against that. I mean, I speak Spanish, I speak Portuguese. I love that community. Um, but like just black Catholics that are like straight up American, like descendants of slaves on this soil. Like 
that are Catholic like exist. I'm not going to say that there's a ton because I mean, we can crunch the numbers and we can find out that it's not a majority, but they're around. Um, I would say the other thing, like I discerned religious life for a long time and that was sort of an extra barrier. It wasn't a huge barrier because I think like I was normally the only like black woman in my circle. And when I, whenever I was in my Catholic schooling experience, you know, so it was like, not like a new thing, but there was this sort of hesitation of like, okay, do I want to confine myself to this life forever where I'm just always going to be like the only black person in my space? Um, it was a little bit tricky to think about, to consider. Um, I think those are two main things. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's good, good points and definitely two good, um, you know, personal uh, insights that you gave us about your your own walk and how you view uh, your role as a, a Black woman in the church. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so you've you know had a lot of different faith experience growing up in the faith and leaving the faith and coming back into the faith. What's something that you would say to anybody who was discerning the Catholic church thinking like, hey, this might be the place for me? Like what's something that you would tell that person? Ooh, um, or some things if you got other things yeah. to the church, man, the church is so cool. We're like, anything, anytime one that you think that there is like not an answer for something or you think you're stumped, you'll find that like St. Augustine or St. Thomas Aquinas actually already figured it out like however many years ago. <laughs> like there's nothing new um, to an extent. That's not to say that there aren't issues today that they would not have seen, but like the the foundations for figuring out those issues like it's all there um music um there was a bunch of women in the church that lived as like consecrated lay women and they were like business women like there's just so much anytime you think that you're alone or that no one's ever lived your life or that there's some answer you'll find that actually somehow the church somebody in the church has already lived it you know so i think that's a, a really beautiful thing you're not you're not alone yeah, definitely a good perspective that you just gave right there. Um, I think it kind of sounds like you're not reinventing the wheel. Like somebody's already <laughs> invented it. You just have to like discover it and see like, hey, how, how did they do it sort of thing. Uh, so it's yeah. definitely a good good point of view. Um, so let's go to the next topic. Where we're going to talk a little bit about your, your passion for music. Um, so I know you like play online, like provide little videos and stuff like that, which is real cool. Um, so tell a little bit about your passion for like liturgical music, like how did it develop and like what keeps it going um, through the years and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I was raised in a musical family. We all did classical piano. So I have older sisters. I'm about I'm like eight and 10 years younger than them. So really, ever since I can remember, like there was a piano in my house and my sisters were already taking lessons um and I was playing piano before I was taking lessons like I just that was always part of my life um and I think my sisters even especially my middle sister she would like teach me how to play things on the piano so that someone could finish her duet <laughs> um or she would teach me how to sing in harmony and then I think as I got older like if 
the music minister for our church was going to be out, one of us would end up playing. It was my older sisters first. And then by the time they went off to college, like it was my turn to fill in. Um, I grew up in like a historically black church. So I was mostly playing more gospel type stuff, stuff that'll lead me, guide me growing up. But then I also had to fill in for my school sometimes. And that was like kind of the, I wouldn't say opposite end of the spectrum. It was more like gather him and all vibe, um, mass creation and all that stuff. So I like, I think it was like elementary when I started and then college was more like praise and worship and stuff. And I learned how to play guitar and stuff like that. Um, and then it wasn't until after college that I started like exploring things that were a little bit more on the traditional side, we could say with like chant and organ, et cetera. Um, but it's always been a part of my life kind of in one way or another. Yeah. Big shout out to the, uh, lead me, guide me hymnal book that, you know, is very, very prevalent in black, uh, Catholic parishes. So it's good to hear that you, you know, were incorporated into that sort of um, tradition for black Catholic music. Um, so my next question is, I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit about how did it, you know, start, um, you know, what influenced you to, you know, continue this, uh, passion for like playing music, even though, you know, your family members, you know, kind of, um, you know, gave it to you as a, a hobby? Huh. Um, I think college sort of solidified for me that I loved music in and of itself, but I also felt specifically that there was something different about using music for prayer, um, leading people in prayer through music or even if not directly leading them, like facilitating prayer through music, there was actually a group of missionaries that taught people how to chant the liturgy of the hours and in like harmony. And sometimes they would accompany it on the piano. And like, that was the first time I thought, wow, like this is a really cool mission to use beauty, to use music, to draw people into prayer. Um, and then to my campus minister, you know, I we were like talking about it. She was like, I don't know what it is, Christina. Like when you lead praise and worship like just feels like the floodgates are opening like and I had oh, a couple okay. of people tell me like maybe <laughs> there's a charism here and I I do feel like maybe that is the case um which is like why I've been working on it a lot more intentionally in the last year or so yeah okay that's good to hear some people saw some other people saw something in you that was so remarkable and they just gave you all the hype and praise about it. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, so, so like when we think about Catholic instruments, and I've only been Catholic for like three years, this will, this will be three years this March. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the songs and hymnals. Happy birthday. <laughs> instruments. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so a lot of the instruments and the hymnals are like, uh, it's just totally different from what I've experienced in like Protestantism and like the black Protestant tradition of like gospel music and stuff like that. So uh, kind of dryish in a way, but definitely helps you or in the Protestant tradition, it, it helps you, you know, definitely focus on God. So I'm wondering like with Catholic liturgical music with like the organ and, you know, all these other traditional, you know, instruments, like how can these things like deepen our faith and like, how has it deepened your faith? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one thing that I had learned about recently when it comes to like more traditional music, which I think actually can touch on things that's something that we have in common with more of like 
the black tradition of Christianity and um, in the Americas, which is that like really like the voice is at the heart of it. And everything that comes with that is to support the voice. So I mean, it makes sense from a theological perspective. I, I don't see why even Protestants or really people of any faith would argue that like the best instrument in the world is the human voice because it's the only one God created. Um, like he delights in us we because we are his creation. Um, so like that's the first thing that like I think sets the standard for like what other instruments, if you will, are going to be added to the liturgy because technically like it could just be voice alone, which in some sense can feel empty. Um, but I think we can all think of times like if we've heard it done well, like voice alone, acapella in whatever tradition, like I can think of like Gregorian or gospel, right? Like when acapella is done well, it's very moving. Um, because there really is no extraneous anything. That is not to knock instruments. I think not like anti-instrument <laughs> by any stretch. <laughs> However, I do see where the church is coming from when they prioritize the voice. Um, and then what I've learned kind of recently about organ is that it has to do with how it supports the voice. And like, as someone that started on piano and has moved to organ, I kind of get it now because like organ, if you hold a note, it like sustains, like, whereas if you hit a note on piano it like dies so like the sound doesn't die as fast on an organ which some say it makes it like more ideal for supporting the voice but really whether or not it's a piano or an organ it all goes back to voice which I think is really cool and like what I think we should focus on I think one thing that breaks my heart in church is when I see like people not singing like, that's so sad for me. Um, and like, God doesn't care. Like, and I can say somebody that has a good ear, like I would rather people, a whole pew of people behind me that are singing off key to sing and praise the Lord off key than like not because they're afraid that they're not going to sound good. I mean, we think about King David, like he was not a wuss, if you will, right? Like he was like out doing battle and stuff and he wrote Psalms and he played harp. So like, I don't know where this idea that like singing... I don't know. I just, if I could ask of anything of the church when it comes to music, I just want everyone to sing. Right. And that's a good point too, about the holy sacrifice of the mass. You know, it's, it's principally about, you know, offering a sacrifice and we come and offer ourselves as a sacrifice too. And so one of those sacrifices or the offering of ourselves and our voice um, during that, that time is definitely a way that we glorify and praise God. So that's definitely a good point. Um, so my last question is, uh, who is a favorite or who are one or a couple of your favorite saints and like, what's some good, um, you know, stories or like lessons that they've taught you? Oh man. Okay. I love the saints. I tried to call my parish or like school or whatever it was to figure out like who my confirmation saint was. Cause like, I couldn't remember. And I, I have a really good memory for things like that. So I was like, I, and they like, I don't want to, I want to say they couldn't find it. I don't think I had a confirmation saint. So I, I joke that like, they all have to take care of me. Um, I have many favorites. <laughs> um, they kind of come and go depending on the season. I really like Carmelite spirituality. So I love all the Carmelites. I have like an icon of like Therese's whole family on my wall. Though technically Teresa of Avila is my favorite of the Carmelites. Um, I just love, she talks a lot about prayer and she's very real um with the lord 
without being like disrespectful, but she, yeah, she would just tell the Lord. Like, I remember hearing this one story of like how sometimes she would just like hate praying and she would like go to the chapel and just count the bricks and she'd be like, I'm here. <laughs> um, and she would also talk a lot about like, if you don't want to pray, like pray for the desire to pray, or she'd be like, pray for the desire to pray for the desire to pray. <laughs> like she just understands our humanity so much. And I love that. Okay. Definitely a good point uh, about the saints. Uh, I'm, sorry that you, I'm sorry to hear that you couldn't find your confirmation saint, but it's good that you roll with somebody in the body of Christ. So it's good. You got somebody on your back. Uh, well, I definitely appreciate you sharing this information with us regarding, you know, your faith journey, your experiences, perspectives, and even talking a little bit about, you know, your insights uh, into like liturgical music. So definitely good to hear. And um, yeah, I just really grateful that you came and participated and, you know, shared your voice and contributed in this way. So definitely thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate being able to have this kind of conversation. It's a blessing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you guys continue to pray for Christina and the work uh, that she does and like she aspires to do uh, regarding music and just, you know, faith life. Uh, well, you guys can tune in to the next episode of Saintly Witnesses. 